Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's recap day two of the NFL draft next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Heath Cummings. And rounds two and three of the NFL draft are in the books. And we saw two quarterbacks go in rounds two. Uh, Will Levis, number 33. Hendon Hooker to the Lions at 68. Will Levis went to the Titans at 33. And Heath, we'll start off here. Which of these quarterbacks do you prefer for 2023 in a redraft league? And then which one do you prefer for Dynasty? I'm I think they'll be different, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I'm actually going to say the same one, um, okay? Because I don't, I don't think the odds are as likely that Hendon Hooker plays this year as they are for Will Levis. And I, I had Hooker just one spot ahead of Levis before the draft, and the fact that Levis went around earlier than Hooker, um, the fact that like it's hard if you don't know how much Hooker's going to play this year to get excited about a guy who's already 25 years old. Yeah. So I do think it, like they both are low, low floor, high ceiling type prospects. But the fact that Levis might play this year, the fact that he went around earlier, I will take him slightly earlier, but I'm not super excited. Neither of these guys are going to be first round picks for me in a super flex rookie only draft. Yeah, in a 2023 only redraft context in a two QB league, I think both are probably worth late round picks. My my ideal scenario is probably that the Lions start out like four and six and just decide to see what Hendon Hooker can give them because I do think if he plays, he probably has a more fantasy friendly skill set uh, than Levis. And you know, obviously the Lions are a pretty good offense, so I think it could right. be a pretty good situation if he does get the opportunity to play. But all that makes sense. Let's move on to the running back position where the surprise of the night was the Seahawks at number 52, taking Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. We'll talk about the rest of the running backs who were taken uh, in a second. But Heath, do you think they took Zach Charbonnet with the intention of playing him in 2023 and potentially pushing Kenneth Walker for playing time? I think that it's going to be a committee. I don't think that it was. I mean, we saw Zach Charbonnet catch a lot of passes Mm -hmm. in college, and Kenneth Walker didn't do a lot of that last year, so he could take that role. Also, Walker was really a boom or bust type running back, made big, big plays, but lost yardage a lot as well. And Charbonnet, a big-bodied back, may be better suited for short yardage. I'm a little bit concerned Charbonnet could steal a portion of the two most valuable parts of Kenneth Walker's role. Yeah, Walker last season was, I believe, 17th among 48 qualifiers in rush yards over expected. That's a next-gen stat uh, from the NFL. But on percentage of carries where he had more yards than expected – He was second to last ahead of only James Robinson at 35%. So like you said, very boomer bust, a lot of home runs, a lot of, you know, weak flyouts and, and maybe grounded into double plays. So that's, that's one where I could see like a slow start where he doesn't hit as many of those home runs that could very quickly, I think lead to Charbonnet 
eating into his role. The The rest of the running backs, we had Kendra Miller at 71st overall to the Saints. Uh, Tajay Spears to the Titans at 81st. Devon Shane to the Dolphins at 84. And Tank Bigsby to the Jaguars at 88. Which of those do you think has the best chance to make an impact in 2023? Uh, A-Chain for sure going going to mm-hmm. the Dolphins. In fact, I... I think I'm going to have him slightly ahead of Charbonnet in Dynasty now. Definitely ahead of Charbonnet in redraft. It'll be three guys there. Um, the rookie, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. And I would anticipate that Wilson and Mostert are going to get the, the veterans nod at the beginning of camp for sure. Maybe even at the beginning of the year. But we know their injury histories. We know their age. I would expect for the course of the year, A-Chain's the best Dolphins running back. And maybe the third best running back in this class. Yeah, the one thing that I will add is, you know, obviously with the Saints, Alvin Kamara's lingering legal troubles, you know, that could create an opportunity for Kendra Miller. The problem is he doesn't really have much of a history as a pass catcher, 17 catches last season. So it's, you know, is he, does he have an opportunity to take that role or is it just like a clear backup to Jamal Williams? That's my concern with him not necessarily having the opportunity. Uh, Let's move on to the wide receivers where the first one taken, Jonathan Mingo, uh, from Ole Miss going to the Panthers at 39th overall. We had Jaden Reed to the Packers at 50. Rushi Rice from SMU to the Chiefs at 55. Marvin Mims to close out the second round to the Broncos. And a handful of others in the third round. Uh, who is your favorite here? So one of those second round guys, do you like any of the third round guys more? Who's your favorite wide receiver here for 2023? Yeah, I mean, I thought Kenneth Walker was clearly the biggest loser of day two, and I thought Jonathan Mingo was the biggest winner of day two. He fits that uh, Frank Reich archetype of a number one wide receiver. Adam Thielen was currently their best wide receiver there. Mingo gets an early day two draft capital and then goes to a situation where the target for competition target competition is not very great at all. And I'll say that, and I'll say a, a guy by the last name of Heath that I don't really know anything about actually had more catches and yards from Mingo on Mingo's team last year. That's the problem, right? right. It is, it's hard to get excited about a guy. It's hard to expect a guy to be the best wide receiver on his NFL team when he wasn't the best wide receiver on like a middle-of-the-road right. SEC team. But M- Mingo, the only guy drafted today who I expect will crack my top 40 dynasty-wide receivers. All right, let's move on to the tight ends. We had uh, a decent number of them go off the board. Sam Laporta to the Lions was the first one at 34th overall, followed very quickly by Michael Meyer at 35 to the Raiders, Luke Musgrave to the Packers at 42. They also took Tucker Craft at 78th overall, so two tight ends there. Cowboys took Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan, 58th overall, and then the Jaguars took Brenton Strange from Penn State at 61st overall. I mean, it's tight ends. It's really hard for tight ends to make an impact as rookies. Do you think any of these guys can? I think Sam Laporta is the most likely to um, this year. Um, Michael Meyer is still my my favorite that was drafted today for dynasty purposes. My second favorite um, is, that could make the impact is Luke Schoonmaker. Because mm-hmm. really, he just has to beat out Jake Ferguson. We know some tight end in that Cowboys offense is going to see 100 to 120 targets what the name of the guy is. So uh, whoever wins that job, I think gets it. Yeah. Laporta fits the mold of the tight ends that I get excited about. Uh, when we're talking about prospects, athletic tight ends who can play, make plays with the ball in their hands. Uh, CBS sports, NFL draft writer, Chris Trapasso said in his write up that Laporta gives him George Kittle vibes. Obviously that's a, 
very high end comp. I don't think that's anything that you should expect him to do. But, you know, after TJ Hawkinson was traded last year, the tight ends really didn't play a big role in this offense. Jared Goff is someone who, you know, likes to throw the ball short. And it could be a situation where, you know, Laporta could have an opportunity to play right away from day one. I think he's worth a late round pick in redraft leagues. What do you think? Yeah, I think absolutely. He's he definitely uh, after round 10. All right. That's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the biggest winners and losers from the NFL draft and more. We'll see you then. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 